tuned for Gray Matters. Well, hello, good evening, and welcome to Gray Matters. My name is Jim Dwyer, and I'll be hosting uh, this week's program. Gray Matters is, of course, your weekly current events, media analysis, and commentary program. Sort of a free-form news show that's been locally produced here in Ann Arbor for WCBN for a number of years, and it's my pleasure and privilege to be a host of this program. Well, it's been uh, a pretty dreary week of uh, disastrous news from Israel and Gaza, and so that's probably going to take up the bulk of our program tonight. Um, although it's interesting to note that the sort of uh, cable news comedy satire news programs, generally speaking, do an excellent job of analyzing and critiquing the big stories of the day, the uh, hypocrisies and the bullshit that uh, are so prevalent in American politics and, in fact, international politics. Let's call it as it lies. Um... Nobody wants to talk about this story. Uh, obviously, those are programs looking for satire. I'm talking clearly about The Daily Show and The Colbert Report. Uh, both do a great job, but uh, you can tell that neither one really wants to talk about this story. There's no, there's no jokes to be made. For Jon Stewart, I'm sure, as a uh, liberal Jewish intellectual, he's embarrassed, quite frankly. You can sense that uh, by the Israeli government's... Uh, overreactive uh, pounding of uh, the poor folks who happen to live in Gaza. So it uh, stays with the newspapers and the mainstream media to uh, cover this story, and so I'll have to say a few things about it um, here tonight. We'll start by looking at uh, a Wall Street Journal article from Thursday, July 24th which contains some uh, good information, you can see that while the writing for the Wall Street Journal is actually pretty good, 
the editors uh, choose sometimes misleading and oddly phrased headlines. Here's an article written by a uh, conglomerate of writers, Jay Solomon in Cairo, Nicholas Casey in Gaza City, and Tamar El Gobashi in Khan Yunus, which is also in the Gaza Strip. Uh, however, their uh, article, which is filled with some interesting and useful information I'll share with you in a moment, is given the rather troubling headline, New Push to Lure Hamas into Truce. Well, the opening paragraph says, The Obama administration, Israel, and other Middle East allies are refashioning an Egyptian ceasefire proposal to assure Hamas that Gaza's economic interests would be addressed if the Islamist group stops rocket attacks, senior U.S. and Arab officials said. Okay, fair enough. Um, but th the language of this paragraph is better. Assure Hamas. Uh, the idea that you lure somebody in, uh, well, what bait are you using? Uh, animals are lured. Uh, unsuspecting children are lured into the van with uh, candy, as uh, we're all warned when we're young. Uh, and so why use the word lure here? Uh, well, it's a bizarre a phrasing. Of course, uh, as I mentioned last week, uh, the real story to focus on here is uh, the discrepancy in body counts and the willingness for uh, American politicians to accept this as standard, as acceptable. Um, as of this Thursday article, uh, the Palestinian death toll was uh, nearly 700 and the Israeli toll 35. Now, this is not to uh, belittle or diminish the significance of these 35 deaths, but merely to note the scale of uh, the retaliation. Uh, this article goes on to note that uh, uh, Israel and Hamas, uh, under this plan uh, to get a ceasefire going, Israel and Hamas would agree to stop military operations in the coming days, and the U.S. and the international community would then move quickly to begin talks on a longer-term recovery program for the impoverished coastal enclave. Yes, that's right, impoverished. Uh, it's been blockaded economically, uh, and, you know, it's a police holding station, basically. I'll get to an article from Counterpunch in a moment that will spell that out a little bit more explicitly. Uh, this article goes on to note that, quote, offering Hamas incentives such as economic aid and freer movement of goods into Gaza and eased restrictions on movement could meet with Israeli resistance unless it could be monitored to keep out weapons or Hamas is disarmed. Well, the reason Hamas has begun this fighting is because they are being economically crushed. Uh, it's a disastrous uh, human rights situation within Gaza even before the shelling begins. This article goes on to quote Hamas's political chief, a guy named Khaled Mishal, who said in Qatar on Wednesday his movement was open to a pause in fighting on humanitarian grounds, but demanded guarantees that Gaza's economic interests would be addressed through the opening of trading routes into Gaza and the easing of financial restrictions that affect Hamas's leaders. Well, again, this phrasing is a little awkward. The financial restrictions that affect Hamas's leaders... Uh, really what's being uh, covered up here is the fact that 
the leaders of Hamas's ability to meet the needs of the people who live in Gaza, who voted for Hamas, to get any sort of services at all. Uh, the Israeli government is holding uh, tax revenues that are due uh, to the Gaza government, and uh, they don't allow any goods or services to come in. So uh, it's a crushing situation here. Uh, Michal, uh, Mr. Michal, that is, goes on to state this, quote, We will not accept any initiative that does not end the blockade on our people and that does not show respect to their sacrifices. Everyone wants us to accept a ceasefire and then negotiate for our rights. We reject this. Their demands are pretty simple. Stop the blockade, allow goods and services to come in, release the tax monies that are due to us, and allow us to provide services to the people who live here. Um, Israel's refusal to grant these pretty basic requests uh, are really kind of shocking and bizarre. I mean, imagine if the, the table had returned and the shoe was on the other foot, uh, we'd all be crying out uh, against the oppressive and hateful Arab government that wouldn't allow goods and services in to this uh, tiny embattled uh, enclave. Well, continuing with this article from the Wall Street Journal, Israel said of its three soldiers, uh, said three of its soldiers died in Gaza on Wednesday, bringing to 32 the number killed since the army launched intensive aerial bombardments on July 8th in a ground assault that began Thursday. Three civilians have died in Israel. Uh, the latest, a worker from Thailand who was killed Wednesday when a rocket fired from Gaza struck an agricultural collective. Uh, the health ministry in Gaza said the Palestinian death toll rose by 72 to 693 killed, with more than 4,200 wounded. The dead included 166 children and 67 women. Of course, there's also reports that the uh, Israelis have bombed a UN school where people were taking shelter. They deny this. Oh, well, uh, it's hard to bomb uh, people when there's so many people around. Um, it's, it's really hard to talk about this without just getting exasperated. Um, the, uh, question of why these uh, simple demands won't be met, uh, and the constant misrepresentation of Hamas as a terrorist group or as a, uh, genocidal group, you know, whose goal are to eliminate the Jewish state. Uh, this is a misrepresentation. If you look at the language of their charter, their uh, complaint is against an exclusively Jewish state. And this is indeed a legitimate complaint. And a problem with Israel is that there is a two-tiered citizenship program. Uh, if you're an Arab living in Israel, uh, you're not an Israeli citizen. You're an Arab. You have a separate uh, license plate. You have a separate driver's license. You're not allowed to do billing or develop, uh, building or development on your property. Um, if you're a Jewish citizen of Israel, you, are, you have access to uh, all the things that this uh, purportedly democratic state has to offer. Um, <clears throat> not everybody in Gaza is a fan of Hamas, of course. You know, some people didn't vote for them. Um, but collective punishment seems to be the model. And again, it's uh, very much reminiscent of the way the South African government used to behave against 
the blacks of South Africa. Uh, the African National Congress was denounced even by our own government as a terrorist organization. All they were fighting for was the opportunity to have access to all the benefits and qualities of life in a modern state that the white citizens enjoyed. So uh, this article in the Wall Street Journal goes on to quote a guy named Tamer Abu Nakera, 44-year-old municipal employee in Khan Yunus, who described himself as a critic of Hamas, uh, but he also said, God bless them for resisting. People are sick of this situation. Um, continuing, Gaza's rulers were losing an estimated $30 million in monthly revenue from the closure of its tunnels with Egypt, through which it smuggled a wide variety of consumer goods. That's the only way they were getting anything in. And so the money's generated. They're not allowed to have an economy, in other words, by the Israeli government. Um, there had to be this sort of secret network, and now that's even gone. The article concludes with this note. Uh, for Hamas and nearly all Palestinians living in Gaza, ending or softening the blockade of Gaza is a key to ending the fighting, said Omar Shaban, a Palestinian political scientist from Gaza-based research group PalThink for Strategic Studies. Quote, they must be given something they can lose if there is a war, Mr. Shaban said. Quote, imagine that the war ends without good conditions in the ceasefire. Then we can simply accept war in another two years. Close quote. Well, this theme is sort of picked up again in another article in the Saturday, July 26th edition of the New York Times uh, by Isabel Kirshner and Michael Gordon. It's entitled, Israel Agrees to Pause Assault on Gaza as ceasefire deal is pursued. Uh, this article, uh, about the middle of it here, draws uh, attention to the fact that uh, this could just be the start of something much bigger and much more drawn out. Weeks of simmering tensions and clashes, uh, they write, among Israelis and Palestinians alike about the specter uh, have increased talk, of, uh, excuse me, have increased talk among Israelis and Palestinians alike about the specter of a third Palestinian intifada, or uprising. But many said that such uprisings, by their very nature, could not be planned or predicted. Um, of course, the big Israeli complaint is this network of tunnels, a tunnel network, uh, some of which uh, pop up into Israel itself or near settlements uh, within Palestinian territories. Uh, and, you know, it just raises the question, who tunnels? Why would you tunnel? Well, people tunnel out of prison. Okay, well, um, yeah, that's right. I've made the point before. Gaza is essentially a prison uh, where you're not allowed to have an economy. You're not allowed to have uh, any privileges at all. And so is it any wonder uh, that uh, people build tunnel networks? Um, and again, look at who Hamas has targeted here. It's Israeli soldiers and settlers. Uh, soldiers of any country are legitimate targets in hostilities, and uh, settlers is a bit more debatable, but it's clear uh, that for Hamas, uh, they are seen as a legitimate target. Uh, Hamas is also called a terror network. Well, I'm not sure they're any more of a terror network than the Likud party, for example, who, by the way, have their origins in terror organizations, too. 
do a little digging through history and look into organizations like the Stern Gang and the Lehigh Group. Uh, Stern Gang, of course, uh, blew up the King David Hotel in Jerusalem back in British Mandate era. Well, if anybody ever gets around to seriously talking about how to end this, uh, we might come to the conclusion in the end that the binational secular state is really the only answer. It's something that uh, I've talked about before in this program and that we'll have to talk about again in the future uh, because clearly this situation is not uh, going to go away anytime soon. Let's take a short respite, though, and uh, be back in a moment with uh, a few more comments and a brain damage award. the two brain damage awards that I've uh, got to give out today are both, uh, again, sadly linked to this uh, Israeli action in Gaza. The first of them is going to go to uh, Ron Dermer, who is currently uh, Israel's ambassador to the U.S. Uh, he's a fellow who actually renounced his U.S. citizenship to... Uh, become an Israeli citizen and uh, is considered to be uh, Netanyahu's ideological twin. Well, Netanyahu is uh, obviously well known already as an amoral, telegenic stooge, so uh, the brain damage awards for him will have to wait for another day, but uh, Dermer deserves a brain damage award rather richly here for having uh, uh, said something really just remarkably uh, stupid and callous. Uh, there's an article about him in this Saturday, July 26, New York Times as well. It's entitled, Israel's Outspoken Envoy is Wise to U.S. Ways. It's by Jason Horovitz. And uh, there's a lot of bizarre little personal details here about this guy that uh, you can just see uh, that although he may be articulate and uh, intellectually gifted, uh, there's a wide streak of amorality in this fellow, and a heavy taint of racism. Uh, for example, uh, the detail about uh, high school, a college debate, he was forced to uh, argue a position he did not want to argue, namely uh, that Israel should be condemned for its treatment of Palestinians. Interestingly, uh, this was an assignment he was given by a professor uh, best noted as a Republican pollster, Frank Luntz, uh, 
and uh, Dermer actually rose up the political ladder under Luntz. So uh, he became good buddies with this professor, but uh, he didn't want to do it. Luntz, uh, to his credit, said, you'll do the assignment or I'll flunk you. And uh, he did such a good job that he won the debate, uh, celebrating with a call to his uh, mother. She asked, how did you do it? And uh, his response was, I lied like they do. Uh, the implication being that uh, any disagreement with uh, Israel's official state policies can only be a lie. There could never be two sides to the story. Well, that's a pretty morally vacuous uh, position to take, but that's not the Brain Damage Award. This is. Oh, here is the uh, few paragraphs later. Uh, Dermer also made Israel's case on Capitol Hill in briefings with administration officials and at a Christians United for Israel summit. More on that later. Uh, on a Monday night at the Washington Convention Center, there Dermer responded to protesters who shouted war criminal by calling them quote, moral idiots, uh, and asserting, quote, the truth is that the Israeli Defense Forces should be given a Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. Really? They've uh, killed 166 children. They've injured over 4,000 civilians. Uh, this is the kind of Nobel Peace Prize that uh, they're going to have to wait in line behind Pol Pot for. Of course, past host of Grey Matters famously observed once that uh, if Henry Kissinger uh, gets a Nobel Peace Prize, why not Pol Pot? Well, indeed, why not the Israeli Defense Forces get a Nobel Peace Prize? No, it doesn't make any sense. That's a bizarre and ridiculous statement. And by the way, uh, this uh, great love that uh, Israeli officials have for uh, fundamentalist Christians and uh, conservative right-wing Christian groups in America, such as this dubiously titled Christians United for Israel Summit, um, Christopher Hitchens once noted that the support of these right-wing Christian groups for Israel is the support of the, of the rope for the hanged man. These are uh, fundamentalist Christian groups that see Israel as historically necessary uh, because of their end-time scenario vision. Okay, Israel has to exist for a, a holy war to occur, uh, for Jesus to come and uh, see everybody uh, killed in a bloodbath that will wipe out the whole world. That's their beautiful fantasy of the uh, end of the world and Christ's second coming. Of course, these right-wing fundamentalist Christians are what I call nominal Christians and really just sort of vengeful uh, Yahwists. There's really nothing Christian about their worldview at all. Um, this uh, Nobel Peace Prize comment is a serious brain damage award indeed. Well, another brain damage award that uh, needs administering is, in fact, uh, to Bill Maher, who uh, compares Hamas to a crazy woman trying to kill you. He tweeted that most intellectual of, of venues for a deep thought, uh, quote, you... Uh, can only hold her wrists for so long before you have to slap her. Uh, the entire uh, tweet is this. Dealing with Hamas is like dealing with a crazy woman who's trying to kill you. You can only hold her wrists so long before you have to slap her. Okay, well, that's offensive on any number of levels, right? <clears throat> um, 
Bill Maher uh, used to have some respect for him. He's he's neither that funny nor is he that politically astute. Um, this comment is ignorant on several levels. It's uh, offensive to situations of domestic abuse. It's a misrepresentation of the Palestinian situation, and I you know uh, can only say that it's a good thing that others have tweeted back their uh, protest in response, including a guy named Frankie Boyle who I've never heard of. I don't follow anybody on Twitter. But this article uh, in the British uh, uh, Independent, their website, uh, they quote Frankie Boyle's tweet as saying, I hear you, Bill Maher. Women do go crazy when you blow up their kids. Huh. Um, what can you say about such uh, callousness? Um, well... We're uh, quickly running out of time in the program, and so I'm going to have to uh, segue to the final portion of the program. Before I do, and in the last uh, comment on the uh, situation in Gaza, I would like to encourage readers to go to the New York Times website and find the article by David Grossman. I would normally read this, but since it's something that most of us are going to have access to uh, online, <clears throat> and since many read the New York Times anyway, you may have read it, but this is a very strong piece. It's called An Israel Without Illusions. Uh, David Grossman, uh, Stop the Grindstone of Israeli-Palestinian Violence. Uh, Grossman is an Israeli novelist and journalist uh, whose son uh, has served in the Israeli army, and he's got some very uh, compassionate and intelligent and hopeful uh, ways, uh, perhaps, out of this mire. Uh, but you can read that on your own time. Uh, I do want to mention this, though. I, from time to time, uh, will comment on the program here about the shocking number of gun-related magazines on grocery store newsstands. And uh, they keep closing the grocery stores that I go to, as I've noted, so I go to a lot of different grocery stores around town. Now, the Kroger's that I have been going to, I had complained to the management about the shocking number of gun-related magazines that weren't even hunting or sportsman-related military assault weapon type related um, and eventually they were uh, greatly reduced in number I was pleased by that uh, because I think everybody uh, who looked at it in the chain of command realized yeah we don't sell any of these things anyway well, I went to a different Kroger's the other day and this store had 20 different gun magazines 20 two of them were ostensibly sportsman hunter related Things like Special Weapons, uh, Sniper Magazine, and a really bizarre one that I actually picked up called Off Grid. It's a journal for people who... Uh, gears and tips and techniques to prepare you for urban survival. It's essentially a paranoid fantasy shopping catalog for all the cool knickknacks and devices. This magazine also contains articles about why FEMA's plan isn't any good for you. And my personal favorite 
from this month's uh, issue. Um, when is amputation the only option? Yes, that's right. If you want to learn how to do self-amputations, this, this magazine is for you. Well, you know, the people who uh, are living off the grid are not shopping at Kroger's. So who this magazine is exactly for is uh, another question indeed altogether. Uh, I would urge people, if you find this distasteful, say something to the management of your grocery store. Well, there's 20 different car magazines. There's a lot of different fashion magazines. There's magazines for kids. I don't mind that there's magazines for gun enthusiasts. What, 20 magazines? Sniper magazine? These uh, magazines are distributed through grocery stores in a sort of a... Uh, it's not necessarily something that people are even buying. Uh, the way it works is this. Uh, you run the grocery store. You say, yes, we would like to sell magazines. The magazine distributor says, this is the package of magazines that we will assemble in your store. Uh, the shelf space has, in other words, already been paid for by the publishers of the magazines. So this is a gun manufacturer's uh, end run uh, around sense and reason. They buy up shelf space by paying off the magazine distributors. Uh, nobody buys these magazines. Uh, I predict that they sell in very small numbers off of these newsstands. Uh, but if uh, complaining doesn't do anything about it, I'd like to encourage a little gun magazine mischief. Pick one up and place it somewhere else in the grocery store. I'm not going to tell you to damage or steal anything, but uh, why not take a sniper magazine and put it in with the baby diapers? or in the meat freezer, or with the popsicles. Uh, let's make it a little bit more uh, difficult uh, for these. And that's a ridiculous, it's a mischievous, it's a prankster sort of a thing. So you don't need to take me seriously on that one. But boy, it sure is frustrating to see Sniper Magazine right there on display with special weapons and the covert carbine, carbines. And uh, yeah, this is a kind of pornography that uh, we don't want to uh, have, uh, you know, full frontal nudity uh, for at the children's eye level. Why should Sniper Magazine be there? Uh, there's enough fear and terror in the world without this BS from the gun manufacturer's lobby being rubbed in our faces. Well, this is one man's opinion anyway. Uh, and of course, my own personal opinions do not reflect the opinions of the uh, management of WCBN or the regents uh, through whom the uh, license is uh, given by the FCC, but as an American citizen, those are my own personal opinions. Uh, one of my other personal opinions is that you should stay tuned to WCBN FM Ann Arbor for all of your listening pleasures, including and especially including the uh, next program, Yazoo City Calling, uh, the Down Home Delta Blues, coming up next to put it all in real perspective and to uh, help you through the rest of your evening. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another program. Thanks to Tex, I think, for uh, engineering tonight. And uh, stay tuned one more time for Yazoo City Calling, coming up next. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Uh, Jerry Mack is on his way. Till he gets here, let's listen to Jay Bird Coleman. This is one called I'm Sick and Tired of Telling You to Wiggle That Thing. Hey. 